welcome to the Enterprise Endpoint Experts Podcast, EQ'd, as I like to say. And uh, I am your host, Bill Burnett, our co-host, Chaz Spawn, is over there on the other side. And in between, we have our esteemed guests to talk about customizing Windows 10. <laughs> they both, they both uh, laugh at esteemed. <laughs> Jorgen Nilsson. Uh, welcome, Jorgen. Thank you. And also, Mark Godfrey. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, customizing Windows 10. Why? We're going we're gonna to cover 1903 as well, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about some general customization. Why customize and what kinds of things can you customize? And tips for config manager admins doing customizations. Um, and then we've got a series of topics on 1903 we're going to dive into. So why customize Windows 10? Isn't it already perfect the way it just shows up? Well, everything Microsoft does is always perfect. <laughs> right. it's, it's better in 1903 than before, that's for sure. Much better. Absolutely. Uh, we always like to start with a Nash quote. So this, this session we've actually done variations of for, what, four or five years now? Yeah, something like that. And originally it was uh, Nash, Gary, Jorgen, and myself, all four of us did this. And then uh, Nash was on the other make it this year, unfortunately. But he always does our opening spiel. Takes about forty-five minutes to do so if you know Nash. He <laughs> likes to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, but his number one phrase is "pretty counts." Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to work for an organization, have your uh, your systems look professional, uh, right. make them easy to use for your end user. Um, then you want to make it pretty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's basically what we cover as well. It's not an IT decision, right? It's a business decision how the machines should look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you work into the surgery department at the hospital, you don't want it to. Maybe not see the doctor's kids on the screen. Maybe you want a more a professional <laughs> approach. Right? Um, if you're you going, wanna... I think so at least. Maybe it's just me. But, yeah. You don't want to see a picture of the uh, the doctor in a sombrero. No. Drinking uh, <laughs> tequila shots. No, I don't think so. Was hey, there an commercial about that recently where the doctor comes into the room and he's like, uh, are they like, I'm a little nervous about this. Like, me too, it's been a while. <laughs> <Or something like. laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Can I get you to pull back just a little so that we yeah, can get line of sight in here with Chaz? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so diving in then. Chaz, why do you customize? What do you think about customizing Windows? Standardization is a big key. Being able to support your users and know exactly where everything's at instead of going, I don't see that on my screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and so what kinds of things can you customize? And more, more interestingly, what kinds of things do you customize? In the real world, I'm curious to hear from all of you, like what kinds of things come to your mind and what have you seen clients request? Well, one and a half years ago, we customized everything, even everything that was unsupported as well. Uh, but that will bite you back when you do servicing twice a year. Uh, oh, so right, definitely right. stay on the supported track yeah. because every unsupported thing I've done has come back and haunt me. So. Yes, those odd little unsupported tweaks yeah. are kind of cool, but then they will bite you. Yeah, they they're not worth it anymore. We also change it every build, right? Uh, yeah. We were talking about uh, applying a couple things using active setup, right? Which oh, yeah, is exactly. one of Jorgen's favorite. And uh, <laughs> lo and behold, a, uh, one of our attendees actually was like, oh, this broke in this latest build. Yeah. And we were unaware of this. And like, sure enough, you did well before. It worked great. And now it doesn't work so well. Yeah. <laughs> so we need, to, we need to test everything, every release. And the more yeah. things you do, the more things you have to test. So. Okay, so that's good, solid uh, advice right off the bat is stay... Stay within the supported, approved, documented yeah, customization. So. Yeah. Or, um, or at least borderline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need to have some fun as well. Yes. 
Fair point. <laughs> um, uh, Chaz, what do you typically customize in a new system? What comes up for you? Start menu is always the first thing. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with Windows 10 with all of the nice little live tiles to install games and all kinds of other things. You don't want distracting the user. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, and what about you, Mark? Well, funny enough, that's actually changed uh, in 1903. We uh, finally in the, was it Enterprise and Education SKU, they finally removed that chunk from the default <laughs> start menu. Um, but the apps are still on there, and we still have to remove those, although that's another thing that has some issues in 1903, um, if you're trying to remove them uh, during your task sequence rather than uh, when servicing. Um, but yeah, that's probably my number one thing, although just like everything we have to, the apps we remove will depend on the business unit we're removing it uh, for, so we need to kind of work uh -huh. with units. Uh, one scenario we like to give quite frequently is, for instance, say you have a security guard whose sole job is to stay awake at night and stay alert. Um, if he's sitting there twiddling his thumbs, he's going to fall asleep. So in that scenario, it might not be bad to leave a couple games on the machine for him, let him stay awake playing some solitaire. <laughs> uh, you might laugh at that, but we do laugh at that, but it's it's a realistic thing. If you ever uh, go into a building at night, the security guards need something to keep them awake. Yeah, there are legitimate uses for solitaire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I totally agree. 1903 gives us different views if we have Office installed or not. So if we have Office installed and we log on for the first time, we get all Office tiles as well. That's nice. Uh, otherwise, we get a really clean start menu, and that's good. But the, the thing everyone should do is use the partially controlled start menu layout. So you have a part that you control <coughs> and a part that the end user controls. Because at every customer I've been to, we're like, should we customize the start menu? No, 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 we shouldn't. And then we start to do the rollout, and then after a while, another business unit comes to say, well, we just switched the system for this and this, and they can't find it. So please add it to the start menu. Right. And if you haven't done that to start with, you can't without resetting everything the end user put there, right? So that's what everyone, everyone should do. So now you can lock down. These things are going to be in the start menu for everybody, and then they can customize the rest of it whenever yep. they want, but they right. can't change these things because exactly. we're locking it down. Yeah, and, but we groups. can change it afterwards, yep. and that's the important thing as well. Otherwise, they want us to import a, a default start menu, and then we put like a link to the help desk system, yes. and then we change help desk system. Okay, and, and then, then they want us to change that link, and we can't because it's there, and we can't change it. Anymore. Right. Okay. So, so, so definitely partially control start menu. That's that's the winner in my book. Or you do URL forwarding. And is that on on by default, or is that something you're going to have to enable? You will have to enable that in your XML file for the start menu, and that's it's pretty straightforward. I would say that best practice is copy that XML file locally as well because it was broken in 1709, I think, or 1703. So it, every time you, you had your machine on the corporate network, you reached the XML file, then your start menu was correct, and then when you went home, you couldn't reach the, the XML oh, file, and then you got the default start brutal. menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the end user really didn't like that one. So um, if we cache it locally and point it locally using the group policy, then we'll, we'll, that's the only scenario that hasn't been broken yet okay. in the history of Windows 10. Um, and so there's a change in the, the menu tiles as well for 1903, is that true or not true? Is it just that you don't get as many of the crazy apps in tiles because there's not as many crazy apps? Yeah, all, all, all that, well, the it's gone basically. Consumer experiences are disabled by default finally, for, so you don't get all the Candy Crush and all that yeah. garbage. Um, you still get, well, some of the apps are still on there you need to remove, but they're not at least in the start menu. 
Okay, got if it. If you are on enterprise education. Yeah. If you're a pro, you still have to deal with that. All right, well, rolling ahead with this 1903 search bar. Search bar has changed. What's that all about? Oh, yes. So uh, previously, the uh, search function and Cortana were both integrated, right? And uh, we had one uh, famous customization because by default, that little search bar in your taskbar takes up like a third of the taskbar real estate. And if you're like me and you have you know, 60 programs open at once, uh, they're all scrunched in there because this dumb little search bar is taking up so much space. Yeah. Uh, personally, I like to turn it into a little icon. Now there's a little setting we can have it in the search bar mode, icon mode, or just have it gone entirely. Um, well, as of 1903, they separated search and Cortana, so they're two different icons now. Um, we actually were trying to figure out the, uh, the original setting is actually still applicable for search, but for Cortana, um, it's a different setting. And we were messing around with uh, Procmon and a few other different methods and uh, <laughs> unable to find the one for Cortana yet. So hopefully as of, uh, once Jazz Edition comes around, we'll find it by then. <laughs> we spent like 45 minutes messing around with Procmon filters, like where is the setting? <laughs> and the reason I, I don't care, because yeah, I'm from Sweden, so we don't have Cortana in Sweden. You don't so as soon as you change the language, it will just go away. You don't have Swedish Cortana? No, I don't think so. So what, we'll still. What, what languages does Cortana do? I don't know. Not Swedish, that's for sure. Really? <laughs> I'm kind of shocked. You yeah. would think if they're going to build Cortana, they would oh, have yeah. some sort of intelligent language capability yeah, that they suddenly can talk to almost anybody. No, so it's 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 not there on the Swedish machine, so we don't we don't wow. we don't bother with it as much as you do. But we'll sort that out too in a week. I only use Cortana through my Alexa device. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of we do a uh, a survey every year of Windows 10 in the enterprise. You know who's doing what at what yeah. pace, what's interesting, and the uh, interest in Cortana as a uh, feature that's driving them to Windows 10 was pretty low to begin with, but it actually went down a little bit this year. They're like. We don't have that much use for it in the enterprise right yeah. now. Well, if you look at uh, Microsoft Build was also this week, and they were talking about Cortana because, just like a lot of uh, Microsoft technologies in the consumer realm, they realize you know they, they don't really support a lot of the consumer stuff. So they're kind of um, letting it go on the consumer end, but they're using it more on the enterprise end. So I think they were talking about using it for like machine learning or something like that. Uh, I guess just more on the business back end, uh, integrating more with Azure services for. Uh, intelligence purposes, I guess. Yeah, I mean, eventually there will be plenty of uses for it, but yeah. right now in the, in Windows 10, it doesn't Windows seem 10, no, no, it's, at it's, an end user site, it doesn't seem very useful. No, it's not. Okay, so then this one, and this sounds like the really probably the most technologically complex part of 1903, blurry background, yeah. what, what's that? <laughs> well, basically, <laughs> they, did, they did it so they blur the background as soon as you press Control, Alt, Delete to log on, or as soon as you log on, and that's, I think it looks pretty. I like it. But, I like some, it. but some organizations want the logos to be visible, but uh -huh. they will be blurred instead. So, but there's a group policy and there's a registered setting to turn it off. Yeah, so I guess easy, enough, be, to, easy enough yeah, to change it's that. Yeah, it's easy enough to change. Uh, <laughs> but I guess it will switch, so yeah. Okay, good. And um, Quick Assist, what, what is oh, Quick Assist? What's going on here with 1903? That's one of my biggest nemesis. Um, because basically you can remote control any machine just by providing the end user with a 60-bit code. And there's oh. there's still no logging on the machine that it ever took place. Oh, you're kidding me. No, no enterprise really? whatsoever no. this thing. Even, even in your full-blown enterprise edition no. of Windows no. 10? No. This isn't just 1903. This has been around for uh, 
years yeah. now, and yeah. Microsoft has yet to, to put something in there. This is a major security. Risk, I right? see. So yeah. they fixed it in 1903. No, no. <laughs> 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 we ripped this thing out. We ripped this thing out. I see. Down. Yeah. So they just took it out. No, we take we it out. We You take, take it out. out. Yeah. So what is new in 1903 with Quick Assist? Well, nothing. I think it was before. In I don't know. We just decided to start taking it out. No, this we take it out. We, we take it out every time. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing is that there's still a lot of companies that don't do it. They don't know. Wow. That, right? They don't know that it exists. And if you search for Microsoft Docs and you search for uh, Quick Assist, you will find. There's one article naming that it was um, introduced in a technical preview a couple of years back. Wow. That's what you all inside of build. That's what you will find. There's nothing else document, documented wow. about it. With so, so much visibility around yeah. security and, yeah. and marketing around security and just engineering, right? Yeah. I mean, they really are trying yeah. to make everything more secure. The fact yeah. that that's still in there is kind of surprising to me. Do you know about this, Charis? For a home user, it, it's fine, right? I use it to support my mother, who's 81. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah. She calls, I generate the 60 digit code using my Microsoft account. Right. And then I can help her. Perfect. You don't but need to a, log that. You don't need to I don't know, need to log don't that. You need an audit trail of no, access to a no. computer to change the background. It does have some potential for scariness in the home users. I don't know if you guys ever get those calls from uh, Microsoft India um, <laughs> wanting to help you fix your computer. But all I have to do is say, you know, hit start, type quick assist, pull it up, generate a code, give them the code, boom, they're in your machine. That's, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. calls from that like weekly. It's ridiculous. Oh, really? Days. Oh, yeah. AT&T now has like the you know, fraud alert or something on your phone. Obviously, I know better than that, but not everyone does. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's what we call it during the session. We call it the Microsoft India yeah. support feature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and okay, so where on your blogs are people going to find how to disable it? Oh, everywhere. Since there is no, since there is no. Oh, it's, it's definitely on my blog. Can Absolutely. you give us the URL for your blog? Uh, it's ccmxx.com. So absolute. Great, the best great. Blogs. So I'm not giving you mine. I've written like two years. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I'm terrible at blogging. When I'm writing, <laughs> if I'm writing something, it's code these days. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, and you work for Recast Software. Recast Software. Uh, yeah. So you're you're in you're in a regular day job scenario. <laughs> Whereas you're consulting, right? Absolutely. So <laughs> you have to blog more. Yeah, yeah, half, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's fun. It's and fun. you're, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you contribute a lot to the community. You do yeah, a section. In fact, I think you did it again here about yeah, community tools. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great fun. I I spend a lot of time trying to find new tools before those community tool sessions as well. Are there any community tools around customization? Uh, customization. Uh, not not in that perspective. Not as yeah. such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe. I may, have, I may have some thoughts on it for the future. We'll see what, uh, we, can, what we can get going. All right, he's got <laughs> his own little engineering skunk works. For no promises. <laughs> no, no, no. And I, I can't maybe. say whether our marketing people will decide to put it in our enterprise or our community tool set if I do make this. But yeah, okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, and remove apps. What what is new about removing apps in 1903? Well, <laughs> it, it's broken in 1803 and 1809 since uh, January update, uh, but it actually works in 1903. Uh, to do it online, which we always prefer to do. So, mm -hmm. so basically, and it's the same thing again as, as Windows updates regularly. We need to re rethink how we do stuff, right? Uh, so maybe now it's better to actually remove the applications from the install Win directly instead. So we don't. Then we can save a couple of minutes when we deploy Windows as well. And the, the intentional fault we had by doing it online when we deployed the machine was uh -huh. that maybe different departments want different apps. 
but I'm yet to see that though. Yeah, I can hear. So, so that's why maybe it's time to shift, right? So things things change as well. How you approach stuff. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's good. It's good. Great, great. And so 1903 is technically not even out yet, right? That's debatable. It's on the MSDN, but it's just released on volume licensing. So I see. Yeah. So it's on MSDN. Almost. So, so uh, almost on MSDN. Yeah. yeah. Internal or insider preview of it, I guess. Because <laughs> because uh, my understanding is, is it's not publicly downloadable. No, it's it's not. It's it's on MSDN, but not volume licensing and not published through WVSYS or something. Because there, there will be a point, like from a consumer point of view, where you can go to Microsoft.com. Yeah, and say, I know it's not going to auto-install for a while, but I want it now. Yeah. That point in time is not here. And no, it's supposed it's to be in a couple of weeks or so. It's something right? like that, yeah. yeah okay. Assuming it doesn't turn to 1809 where they pull it and then re-release it and then pull it again and then re-release it again. Yeah. So how, Hopefully quickly, not. how quickly are you recommending people adopt new versions? Because we're hearing a lot of people are very frustrated by the constant need to apply the new versions, these constant upgrades. Do you let a version sit for a while, or do you need the new features, and so you're, you're rolling them out pretty constantly? I, for one, usually recommend sticking with the fall builds, because they're yeah. supported a lot longer. They're 30 months now. They changed that. And then, again, you and I may have different opinions on this, but I, I think it varies depending on it's business ready. Yeah. Once it comes out, you need to start testing it ASAP, uh, testing it with your apps, and there are all kinds of analytics that you can do to, to help verify app compatibility. But uh, it just depends on the build. Some builds are uh, business ready faster than others. Um, so we need okay. we, we we need drivers as well. Yeah, and that's another thing. Yeah, I do I do a session with Maurice as well, and then the drivers weren't there yesterday from one of the vendors, but today they started to show up for nineteen oh three. Oh really? So so I mean we need to we need to wait bef so it, most of the features are fixed, bugs are fixed, and we get drivers that actually work. And before we do it, and as Mark said, I would say that nine out of ten enterprises will stick with the fall update and skip the. One. The spring one, absolutely. Still, what, 18 months of support or something yeah. like that? Okay, so so you, so you a lot of enterprises aren't really going to mess with 1903. They'll wait for nine. I think they will mess with it on the IT department. Yeah. Maybe roll out it on the IT department to get to learn the new stuff to, to stay ahead, right? Yeah. But I don't think they... I would say nine, 9 out of 10 won't roll it out to the big, broad end. That user. makes sense, yeah. No, And I assume everybody in IT installs it almost yeah. right away because, you know, you're curious and, yeah. and you can. Yeah. Why have admin privileges if you <laughs> if you can't use them? Absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah. Well. yeah, absolutely, I agree. Um, Chaz, any more questions you have about Windows 10 customizations before we wrap up? No, I think we're good. I think we got it covered. Okay. Anything else either of you want to add here? No, I don't think so either. I think that's the major one that that changed at least. Yeah. We do a lot of other crazy things as well, actually. We got a cool new. Uh, Customization for the lock screen. Oh yeah, to, to, to publish a picture on the lock screen basically, so it so you don't have to. Because one of the challenges I had with the customer is that they they wanted to publish information on the lock screen, uh -huh. uh, and then when the the resolution changes, you mm -hmm. need to create a lot of pictures to make sure that it fits all the resolutions. Oh yeah. Uh, so my my colleague who writes a lot of our tools uh, at OneWin, he he wrote a cool tool which actually will display a picture on the lock screen. So the picture will resize it accordingly, so, so it's much easier to keep oh, track of. Oh, nice, nice. nice. So is, that, is there a blog we can go look at? Uh, not it? yet, actually. But there will be. <laughs> there will be. <laughs> that's great for conveying information to your end users. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, that's why we did it, because we get that a lot. That we, the, the companies want to change the background picture, basically. 
But maybe yeah. we, as we said, pretty counts. So maybe yeah. for some users, we let them change their, set their own lock screen picture. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. then we can still publish information on it, right, but they right. still can have their own picture. So it's, it's quite, it's a good, good thing. Okay, and recast, well, why don't you give us a quick little hello, when does recast do, and <laughs> send people there, and then we'll, uh, then we'll wrap up. Uh, so recast is known for one big product, the right click tools, which uh, integrate into System Center Configuration Manager. Mm -hmm. We uh, had our product session the other day where we're giving a preview of our big 4.0 build, which has some major re-architectures coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to allow us to uh, give us multi-domain support, things like that. We'll have these little proxies that you can put in different places. Um, it's also meant to be kind of a stepping stone so that we can start integrating into more systems. We want to integrate into uh, Azure AD, Intune, Intune. Knox 365. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a nice little web-based portal that uh, Chris, our CTO, has been working on so you can the server control panel is gone, you go in this web uh, browser-based uh, thing and uh, you can basically, well, this is in preview mode, but you can run actions through there instead. And yeah. the idea is in the future, we'll be able to pull in devices, users, or other objects from multiple different systems and perform actions on there. Um, but it's, uh, it's got some cool stuff coming. I'm, I'm really excited about the future. Awesome. Okay, well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you both so much and have a great rest of MMS. Thank you. So thank you. All right. Cheers.